0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Clean Cause. Crack, crack open a Clean Cause organic herbal mate and power your day with 160 milligrams of caffeine that won't cause the crashes or the jitters uh, like coffee and some of the other energy drinks might do. Uh, Clean Cause recently launched their new line of non-carbonated Herba Mate, four amazing flavors, uh, which I love, the lemonade and tea. Uh, Some of you might know that as the classic Arnold Palmer, Uh, and also the mint and honey, which I was a little surprised. A mint and honey, like what is that? But it's actually really, really good. Uh, Each can is sweetened with organic cane sugars. There's no artificial preservatives or sweeteners. But here's the best part, and this is uh, not just because Clean Cause has great drinks, but here's uh, the... Uh, one of the biggest reasons why we partner with these guys. Every sip makes a, f- makes a difference in the fight against addiction. Clean Cause donates 50% of their net profits to support individuals in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. Uh, so head on over to cleancause.com. Take advantage of this limited time offer for Sober Guy listeners. Uh, Clean Cause is giving all Sober Guy listeners 20% off your subscription for life. Yes, that is for life with, with uh, promo code SOBER. So grab a boost, live better, transform lives. Go to cleancause.com, enter the promo code SOBER, and uh, at checkout, save 20% off your subscription for life.
1: That Sober Guy Podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and
0: emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramer, you're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Had a few messages, uh, and we get these, uh, you know, periodically, you know, about the intro music. So if you like humans' music, if you like the intro, be sure to check my buddy Robbie out. Humans' music, all the way coming to us from Canada. Always love their jams. You can follow us on Instagram at that Sober Guy Podcast. All the links from today's show will be in the show notes, so they're for easy for you to find. Our guest today is Dave Keenist. And Dave is an author who recently published his first book, Undercover Angel A Gritty Ron Vulnerable Journey into the Heart and Mind of Not Only the Addict, uh, but also a Wounded Child and ultimately a Spiritual Being. He's been coaching the lives of executives, individuals, and entrepreneurs since 2011. He finds the most satisfaction in helping people discover their purpose, which, man, I can just very much relate to that. Love to uh, see others helping others do that too. So Dave, man, it's great to have you on the podcast from Southern California to Northern California and back, man. Welcome. Thank you, yeah.
1: Thank you so much for having me. i really enormously appreciative.
0: Yeah, man. So for those listening out there um, and, and not watching uh, the video, Dave's got uh, a guitar, a surfboard, um, just all the things that I love in my life as well, dude, just hanging out in the background and stuff. So it looks like you you have some fun. You have some good hobbies that you stay into. And uh, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, man.
1: Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a, a SoCal uh, You know, I'm from Chicago, but I'm just kind of a text, textbook, you know, SoCal surfer guy. Um, you know, live to surf for me. You know, and the, and the, and the, the sobriety kick, you know, the surfing is the antithesis, the addiction, it's the freedom. The freedom that uh, the spirit is afforded on the face of the wave is unlike any other. That I've experienced. Um, and so, yeah, just living, in the dream, you know, yeah. so life is, life is good. I'm very blessed and very grateful.
0: Oh, good stuff, man. I, uh, I did every board sport growing up except surfing, being a NorCal guy it's like, it's a little, a little bit different up here. And I finally got an opportunity to attempt and try surfing at 38. So just, or 39, right. maybe so like three, four years ago. And man, that is the hardest sport I've ever tried in my life. And it was so dang fun. And to your point of just like, I'm, I'm not a, not a great surfer at all, but just sitting out in the ocean and, and, and being like at peace. And there's a little bit of anxiety there at the same time that creates this like ability to feel alive. Like I never felt before. And uh man, it's just the, it's the greatest feeling. And I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that or can you relate to that? Or what do you, what do you think?
1: I, I mean, I, I think, I think the stoke, the stoke itself is maximum consciousness and, uh, and it, it becomes, uh, it becomes the thing that one lives in pursuit of, you know? So the stoke I'm from Chicago, I actually started surfing Lake Michigan. Um, I surfed Lake Michigan in the, in the winter times for eight years, nine years.
0: Dang.
1: And, and it was, the, the stoke was still available. And then the, you know, the pursuit of that experience, it, it brought me out here. So, I mean, mm. surf, there's just something I've I done every board sport too, but surfing, I started surfing at 33 years old and it was the most foreign. I don't think I've ever experienced a more foreign vessel beneath me than yeah. the surfboard. You know?
0: Oh, that's so rad, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, so give, give us a little background about yourself. Like where you're, you're from Chicago um, down in SoCal, obviously now um, what did life look like for you growing up? Um, and how did you, how did you kind of, find your way uh into um you know addiction and and having some troubles in life
1: yeah man i was i mean i grew up in a big house in a beautiful town in called glen ellen illinois um in retrospect there was a lot of dysfunction going on there but um it, at the time seemingly it was as perfect as could be i went to a big high school uh with a, it was literally a castle on a hill um, it was called glombard west and you know it's just this very storybook picturesque sort of a place um but i had a lot of you know i had a lot of woundedness i had a lot of trauma i didn't know i had the woundedness i was so traumatized i didn't realize i was traumatized i was so wounded i didn't realize i was so wounded i was so fearful i didn't realize that i was fearful and you know it's like anything else like uh you know i became intoxicated first with anger and the emotions that came with my early childhood anger and then you know, the first time that 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 weed hit me, like really really hit me, it was it was just a continuation of of these emotional states I had been living, yeah. I had been experiencing for so long, so it was just a very natural. It was almost like the anger was almost like the gateway drug, not the weed, but then the weed the weed led at the time. This is in the '90s. The lead the weed led to LSD, and you know the whole Grateful Dead phenomenon and what was happening there. And, you know, the original, you know, this Jerry era and, um, that was, that was its own thing. And it took me on a, an interesting voyage to say the least.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. so if we dive into that voyage a little bit, um, is there a spiritual connection there? God, um, it, I mean, is there anything that you connected with on that?
1: Huh? Well, I mean, there's a there's a song by the Dead called "I Need a Miracle," and one of the lines goes, uh, "Candle burning blue, something, something, candle burning blue." But then we'll 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 uh, contact the spirits. Maybe they'll know what to do.
0: Yeah.
1: And so there was a, there was a very powerful and profound uh, spiritual energy at work in that in that scene. And it was, I mean, remnants of the '60s. It was
0: yeah,
1: just a continuation. And so there was something deeply magical deeply mysterious and authentically magical and mysterious but at the same time deeply seductive and deeply dangerous and Mm -hmm. without without um very dangerous you know there are people who still sit in prison um and uh and without any guidance without any actual adults in the room metaphorically there's nowhere to go with the power of all of it and so so many people became lost souls
0: yeah yeah so What brought you ultimately down to Southern California from Chicago?
1: I, uh, you know, I got, I got sober in 2007, um, and fell in love with surfing. And as a result of, uh, falling in love with surfing and windsurfing on Lake Michigan, it was just a very natural progression. It just, the the universe honestly kind of sorted it all out for me. Mm. Um, and I just, I just showed up. So I've been here seven years now. Nice. It was really the pursuit of surfing that was that's the reason i moved here at the yeah. end of the day
0: yeah there's definitely a uh just you know there's a spiritual pursuit in surfing i feel like just being like i was saying earlier like being out in the water um you're very vulnerable out there and it's just it's very free freeing i guess um so when you so you see so you got sober in 2007 you said
1: 2007 yeah
0: yeah 2007 so um take us take us back um, you know I know there's um, you talk about uh, childhood and childhood wounds and um, you know what what did that look like for you and how give us some background into your experience with that
1: well you know I was uh I was kind of bullied I didn't realize yeah. I was bullied but I was kind of bullied um, I still had friends um, but I was a really I was a very very small child, very small. And so I got kind of picked on a lot, kind of in a nice way, but picked on nonetheless. Now I didn't realize what the, I didn't realize the toll that that was taking on me at all. I was completely disconnected from what was happening, that I was being traumatized essentially. And then I didn't have anybody to, you know, you're all alone with it, especially back then you're all alone with it. There's nobody to turn to, to to get the answers to the questions you don't need, you have, you don't even realize you have. And they're big, profound, you know, spiritual life sorts of questions. And so it just, you know, again, the drugs came along and they just they were just the escape from it all. You know, and then that you know, the alcohol and then eventually the heroin, that's like the ultimate escape. That's like the ultimate numbing agent. I mean, yeah. it 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 truly makes it so that you don't feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always say, you know, definitely have a problem and had an issue with alcohol and drugs, but it was more or less a, a problem with not wanting to feel, you know, and that's what those tools, you know, drugs, alcohol, other, even other things, shopping, money, <laughs> and go down the list of things, food, um, can help you know fulfill a lot of those feelings that to numb out. Um, what was it in two thousand seven or shortly before that that uh, ended up leading you to get sober and cut that cut that out?
1: Um, I, I mean, I was I was on f- felony probation in Cook County in Chicago um so i had been caught for a, a felony uh, i also had a second dui uh but uh, beyond all that i i was just a shadow i was just a fraction of a she- i was just a shell i was just a ghost there was like nothing going on um and my spirit had just been uh annihilated there was there was nothing there was nothing left of my life and i had been to rehab once in 2006 um And something about the day, June 6, 2007, my mother asked me, would you like to try that treatment center? I got onto a waiting list Mm -hmm. at this treatment center that this therapist got me onto, like a government treatment center, you know, and um, a long-term treatment center, which was my probation was dictating that that was part of it. I didn't even realize it at the time though, because I was so fucked up. (laughs) But uh, but, yeah, it's something, there was something about the way she said, you want to call that Called that treatment center and for whatever reason i kind of weighed every option that i had in like a split second and i said okay and uh and that was it i checked into detoxes just brutal brutal cold turkey detox on the far north side of chicago it was the most disgusting place it was hot it was no it, it was the heat, the peak of summer i mean it was brutal it was brutal and um and something inside of me just clicked. I just I just decided I'm doing this. Hmm. You know, I just I curled up in the fetal position and I I just everything that you imagine it's like, it's kind of like, you know, I wouldn't it's not as extreme as like the basketball diaries makes it out to be, but it's pretty freaking gnarly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it was just the power of that decision alone is what propelled me. You know, just having made that decision. That's why yeah. you can recover. It doesn't matter. You can recover, you can do it. And and so, but as you have to make that that very very deep decision from the deepest part of you
0: yeah and yeah and and i love that point because i just had a talk with an old friend of mine today about uh, a family member of his who needs some help and some and he was looking for some treatment options and kind of what to what to do where to go and that's kind of the first thing i i talked to him about a little bit is like look like we can have all the resources in the world, but if the person isn't ready or they don't want the help, then they're all irrelevant. Like it, it doesn't really mean anything, unfortunately. And that's, it's a really tough spot to be in, you know, especially when it's somebody that you love or care about. Um, and, and so like I told him, I was like, you know, you, you just you got to try to love him where he's at and we'll do the best we can. And when he's ready, um, you know, hopefully he dives in. And it sounds like that's kind of where you were at too. Like you just, you, I would equate it to maybe like, poker like pushing your chips all in like i'm all in right now and i'm i'm ready did you feel any inclination of like there was a bigger purpose for your life like when you did that
1: well i started to get these little nudges you know there was like this guy there was this uh this just junkie guy that i kind of sort of palled around with on the west side of chicago and and i remember like i was in this torrent, this alleyway with him one day and we were doing the thing and uh he um I remember him saying something to the effect of you'll, you're never, you can't quit this. You're in this for life. And and then, and I remember saying to him right then, like, no, screw you. And this little voice in my head, there was this little voice in my head that said, you're going to move beyond this. Mm. And it was like, I started to make my, it was like my spirit started to make the decision, you know, and, and, and yeah there I I always felt even as a little kid I always felt that there was something like magical to this this life you know I grew up skateboarding and snowboarding and all this stuff and so I knew I knew what life could give to a human being you know and and then as I in the early early days I mean I'm talking the first 10 15 days in that brutal detox I started to envision what life could look like and I started to think, you know, maybe these, these programs, you know, that are readily available, I thought I started to imagine that life inside of them might not be too awful, you yeah. know, and, and there's the cliches, you can have a life beyond your wildest dreams, you will hear. And, and for me, I mean, they've all, they've all, they've all happened, you know, my life yeah. is something I if you'd have explained it to me then, there's no way I couldn't even have dreamed this life up. Yeah but at the same time I like there was something that I was connecting to about it if that makes sense from inside of that nightmare you know
0: yeah yeah totally no, I, I totally get it and it's uh it's powerful stuff when we when we have that that feeling it's a gut feeling it's an instinct instinctual feeling and it is kind of tough to describe sometimes and especially at that moment you kind of don't know what it is but you just see there, there's something bigger something more um I I noticed, well, you you mentioned skateboarding, uh, snowboarding. Obviously, we talked a little bit about surfing, guitar sitting in the background there. Um, There's a really loud plane flying over my house right now. I can hear. Um, Do you find that uh, those things that um, maybe we once did as kids, you know, I too snowboarded, skateboarded, you know, music was a big part of my life growing up as a teenager. And um, going back to those now as an adult, in a much better place in my life and a much better sober minded uh, state, it helps connect to some of those feelings of genuine joy and authenticity that I felt as a kid. So do you, do you connect with that at all? Is that something that you use some of those hobbies to just feel like freedom from and just genuine joy and uh, have some fun at the same time?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I find freedom or surfing rather is just, it's just high-tech play. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, a surf spot is a playground Yeah, you know, and you've got your certain like rulers of the playground and you've got to earn your, <laughs> earn your respect at that playground and then you could get really used to one playground and then you go to another playground, like a, another spot. And it's like going into a new school because they've got their little thing. And so that there is this like beautiful childish aspect to it all. Yeah. You know the little rivalries and the occasionally you know fisty cuffs and the argument. It's all yeah. it's all happening inside of this play, this playful playful context. You know, Yeah. it's the most amazing. I mean, a beautiful, a, a good day out there. It's just it's you are a little kid. Yeah. When you get a good day, you know not every day is a good day, but when you get a good day, you are a little kid. It's the yeah. same thing.
0: And you know what, what's great about that to that point is that you keep showing up, and that's like three of my favorite words: like just show up. So maybe you don't have a good day, whether it's trying to stay sober and just living the grind, the daily life, or you're out surfing and it's an off day, but you, you go back the next day and you show up and you continue on because you're going to have those ups and downs. And that's just part, that's part of the ride. You know, we got to learn to enjoy that, I guess. Yes.
1: It's it's life. It's life. You know, it's, it's just not, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy. Um, it's, it's hard. You know, like Rocky Balboa, he says in that Rocky Balboa movie, like nothing's going to hit you harder than life or whatever it is. It's such a great scene. And uh, it's true. I mean, life can, I had a, I sustained a compound fracture in May um, and uh, snapped, snapped both of my, the bones of my arm in half. And that was, oh, wow. I was in, I was having the time, I was having the, the time of my life one second and the next second, you know, it was the complete opposite.
0: What and, was that surfing or like mountain biking uh, or?
1: I was riding a one-wheel electric oh, skateboard. shoot! Dang. Yeah, it was brutal. It was oh, absolutely yeah. brutal. So, so, but again, what are you supposed to do? Not do the thing you love? Not yeah, play? Exactly. Not go, you know? Not adventure? Not live your life? Because yeah. um, that experience is it's part of me now, and it taught me something about all of this. So, yeah, that's what life's for. You know, it's elaborate. It's learning. It's a learning lab.
0: So, so are you are you down like at Trestles in that area? Do you have a, a, a little spot in Encinitas that is your home spot? Or
1: yeah, I surf a spot. I live about twenty miles south of Trestles. I surf a spot in Encinitas. This oh, nice. A, a part of Reef's stretch. There's a little stretch of like six spots I'll surf there.
0: So many, Excuse so many button. awesome places down there. Oh, um, there's
1: great spots. There's really good spots when there's enough swell. It's yeah. it's epic.
0: We just had our we were down there visiting some friends in Huntington and, and um, both their boys uh, surf and great, great surfers. And they were going down to trestles and they said, well, Hey, you know, we'll be down there and meet us down there. And so my son he's nine and he, he's, you know, he's into it and stuff too. And so the four, my, my daughter, and my wife, the four of us, we, we went down, well, I didn't know how far of a walk is down to it. Oh yeah, down, down the trestles. T- yeah, so I park. We yeah. park in that lot, like by the Carl's Jr. up there, and like yep. and we hike down. And, and my the girls are like, you know, they're not hikers. They don't really want to walk. Right. And we're like right. halfway, and they're like, ugh. And we get all the way down there, and we realize that we're at uppers and our Bumpers, are all yeah, the way totally. down at lowers. So, right. Cash and I go back, and and it was it was kind of cool though. It was a good experience. Like we walk down that old stretch of PCH. Right and it was really cool and like you know then we ended up going through the tracks and we ended up finding them but what a cool spot man and and just uh being able to do little adventures like that sober man is just the coolest thing
1: it's the best once the once the, the jones wears off <laughs> then you know it actually doesn't take that long yeah you know but you got to you got to go for it and once you get through that little like yeah. m field or whatever you kind of break through and then you start to experience yeah. life kind of how it's meant to be it's the be- it's the best yeah. you know
0: So for those out there listening, um, you know, maybe they don't surf or skate or anything. What, what are some other things that you do, um, you know, to, to really help stay connected and and stay sober and just stay on, on the daily, um, you know, living a positive lifestyle.
1: Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty devoted, uh, pretty committed yogi. Um, you know, I practice Kundalini yoga, I have been probably six years, um, I, I mean, I just run. I, I love to run and just get that runner's high. Um, yeah. It's 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 unsurpassed. It's it's powerful. And then, uh, you know, last night I went to a Native American sweat lodge. Um, that was amazing. Um, I'm headed to the Navajo Res tomorrow uh, for another sweat lodge. Um, but I'm very active in I'm very active in the traditional traditional recovery yeah. program. Um, I'm true. very still very active to this day. Um, it's, it's an amazing play. It starts out as this thing that you go to because you need, you're, you're, you're hurting so badly and it turns into this, it morphs into this other thing where you're just discovering newer and newer ways to be a better person. And yeah. so that's, that's the reason I, and to help the next guy. So that's the reason you stick around. So I'm, I'm, I'm very active still in that department. Um, so yeah, it's really just, um, you can't really allow yourself to stay stagnant, you know? And if you don't have a, if you don't have a hobby, I don't want to say you're going to have to find one, but there's something you got to fill that hole. Yeah. You got to fill that hole with something. It could be, it could be anything.
0: Yep. Yeah. Agreed a hundred, man. Like I, I kind of stopped doing music when I got sober because I had connected it to a lot of partying and it was just, it was just different. It just, it wasn't the same. And I was trying to make some changes and I kind of fell into podcasting and that helped to fill that void because I did miss music, but I just, it just wasn't there anymore you know? And, and so along with fitness, just like you running, man, even walking, like I love walking at nighttime. And I'm I just, I think that's such a huge part for those out there listening, like find something that you really enjoy to do and dive into it. And you, you will find, um, that you can do it and have a great time without any substances involved. Um, tell tell us about the book man um it's it's your first book i believe right undercover angel um when what made you write the book can you give us a little synopsis of it and uh is it uh, when does it come out
1: it's uh it's been out for about three weeks um and maybe a month for three weeks uh it's a i've been working on i mean i've spent a lot a lot of time on it probably 10 years i i i got really serious about it the last 18 months though and so it's divided into five sections um and it come it's composed of a bunch of kind of short stories. It's all one book. It's, they're not like separate from one another, but it's, there's a section on childhood and, you know, all told through, through stories. Yeah. Uh, there's a section on childhood. Then there's a section on, uh, adolescence and early drug use. Then there's a section on co- Colorado when I lived there, which is kind of like the party, the party years, a lot of debauchery like rock and roll and all that stuff. And then, um, and then there's the a section called, uh, there's another section where I go back home and that's when I start getting into the hard stuff. And then there's a section called incomprehensible demoralization. That's about the deepest steps that drug addiction can take you. And then there's a section on awakening. Hmm. So it's divided up into five or six, I think six sections. And um, yeah, it's a real quick, I mean, it's, it's an easy read because the, it's kind of very ADD friendly. Um, so each section isn't each chapter isn't necessarily dependent on the dependent on the previous one. Uh, but my friends who have read it, everyone I know that's read it said it, it, it reads very fast. Um, and I've gotten some really, you know, I'm really honored because you write a book, you don't know what's going to happen with it. You don't know if it, I couldn't even tell if it was good. I had no idea because I was so enmeshed in it. And, and, you know, I've gotten some really good feedback from some people I really respect. So that's, that's really encouraging. Um, but yeah, that really, the point of the book is to show you like, this is how far it can take you. This is how This is how far down into the depths of freaking hell addiction can take you. And this is what's possible on the other side. And this is what's required of you to get there. But it's also like, what is required of you is it's anybody could do it. You know, that's the thing. Most, I mean, 95% of people could do it. Yeah. So it it really kind of presents all of that. And it's got a couple of watershed moments where there's these, you could just kind of see the process of the clicking. And so that's really what I'm seeking to illustrate to the, to the reader. I mean, I just have sort of a feeling it would be, a, you know, it's good. I have a feeling it would be for, it would be good for like adolescent boys. Um, it's just kind of, it's very, um, it's really gnarly. It's a very gritty, gnarly, unfiltered, uncensored um, journey into the heart of it, can, in the heart of darkness, I guess you could say.
0: Can, can you share a little bit of, of what that grittiness, maybe a little, a little part of what, you know, what you mean by that?
1: Well, I mean, I'm this kid from the suburbs, you know, I grew up in the suburbs in a very, very well to do upper middle-class suburb. And by the, by the end of the addiction, I'm, I mean, I'm wandering the West side of Chicago. I mean, the, the ghetto of the ghetto of the ghetto. And I'm, I, you know, I have a song that I wrote a long time ago called the God song, but you know, there's this line in there that says the whores, the whores, the whores were my friends and the whore, the hookers. I was friends. Like all of a sudden I'm friends with these hookers. Not I'm not like using them for sex. They're just like my buddies, yeah. you know? Like <laughs> wow. they were kind of like my protection. So I'm yeah. like essentially like paying a hooker a couple of dollars of off the bat extra for the bag of dope she's getting me for her to protect me wow. in the west side of Chicago, which she would actually do. I would yeah. like believed in her. She was not fucking around at all. So I mean that, and then the you know the yeah. just being locked up in Cook County Jail on the South Side of Chicago as a skinny, malnourished, junky white kid, and I'm yeah. literally the only white kid in the bullpen with seventy five big ass, bad ass, scary motherfuckers. Yeah, and um, and and it's just little old me in there. How did this? How did this happen? This was not supposed to happen. This was not supposed to happen. And then it just goes further and further. And you know the crux the crux of it is the crux of it i mean the crux of dope is yeah you know it's every junkie truly is a a setting sun you know and so i i do my best to illustrate the the agony of that but also the you know the beginning like the the honeymoon stage with it Mm. it's this it's a beautiful three or four months before it gets bad and it's cheap and you can afford it and you can hold down your responsibilities and you're like this is the ultimate thing and and then it, it very rapidly, it just turns on you and almost in instantaneously, you know, but the beginning of the book, I'm waking up out of a blackout in Japan. I, I very r- little recollection how I got there, piece it all together quite rapidly. But, you know, so that's what it, that's what you know, drugs and alcohol will do. They will mm. they'll they'll try to kill you. I mean, they'll try to kill you. It's not yeah. a joke, you know? Yeah. And I believe it's the devil. If you believe in that, it gets something truly evil at work and all of that, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree on that. Um, you know, alcohol, drugs, those substances, they, they they definitely kill our spirit and they definitely block us from what our true purpose is here in, in this world, in this existence. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that, they could feel that they just don't know what it is sometimes i mean i don't even know i know the full scope of it um i feel it though um and it's it definitely drove me to uh you know to kick my own stuff out and make some changes um because it is powerful but one thing i one thing i like that you said about your book is that you didn't even know if it was going to be good. Right. And, and by the way, thank you for sharing a little bit of that too. Um, I, I appreciate that. And that's, this sounds super interesting and like crazy at the same time. Um, you didn't know and and you you don't know sometimes and we're pouring this piece of our lives out when we write or when we do music or when we even do podcasts sometimes, or when we're creative, we're creative, like that creative people and it could be scary sometimes. So, in doing it and then you said like it, you you got some feedback from some people who are really important to you and that you respected and they 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 loved it and they gave you some positive um, feedback and reinforcement. So I just wanted to ask like your take and and maybe your advice or any thoughts you might have for someone out there listening who is scared to try something new. And maybe it's not just getting sober but maybe it's writing a book or starting a business or doing something that's different that they've always wanted to do but they never just knew how to start or or where to go because of that fear factor that can just numb us sometimes. So any thoughts on that or advice?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, that which is possible exists beyond that, uh, that which is comfortable. And so, you know, you gotta, you gotta discover what your hero's journey is. And if you, you know, I got a line at the end of the book, I say, it's a fine line between a hero's journey and a horror story. Cause when you, when you decide to like make your life an adventure, like things can go wrong for real. Um, but but to, to have not lived, it would be worse for me, you know, so whenever you go, you go out on a limb, be it with a bit, you know, I believe entrepreneurship is a spiritual endeavor. You know, even having a starting a podcast is a spiritual endeavor. I mean, getting a sponsor for a podcast, there's something very, you're telling the universe something really clear there that you're committed to this thing. And so, you know, you get, you, you get, you challenge yourself to be uncomfortable and then life transforms into its next you know, iteration. And it can look like, I mean, it could look like anything. There's an infinite number of ways you get a dog and your whole life will change. You know, there's (laughs) so many different ways to transfer, not to mention a child, right? There's so many ways you can transform your life, but you have to be willing to, to risk it, to take the risk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which can definitely be scary because it's like that feeling nobody wants to fail, but I, I would imagine. And I'm actually, I'm actually very, confident in this because um, I've talked to different people, but, and, and we've seen and heard these stories of, you know, the most successful people in the world and success could be gauged, I guess, in, in a, a number of different ways, not just material stuff, obviously, but like people who are successful, they failed many, 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 many times. And the only difference was the ones who were successful and who weren't is the ones who kept failing, kept getting back up and kept trying again. So it's like, we have to keep going and You can expect the fail. You can embrace the suck, trying something new. You're going to suck for a minute. You're the new guy at this or that or whatever. Like, um, I remember the first time I got in the water, my daughter was with me. It was at, we're down in Newport beach at Blackie's right there. Right. Just a great spot. If you don't know what the heck you're doing, like, yeah. And I'm sitting on the board and I'm like trying to like, and it was my, like literally my first or second time out there and my daughter's with me, she's sitting right here. And I've totally lose my balance and I totally roll off of it. Just, you know, and it's like, and she's looking at me laughing. I'm like, you know what, whatever, who cares? Like, like I don't even care. Like, I'm just trying, this is just uh, sounds fun. I'm just happy to be out here. Like you have to just not care sometimes and you know, th- good things will happen.
1: Well, yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta freaking go for it. I go mean, for it's, it. It, it's life as far as, as far as we can prove, we've got one.
0: Yeah. You
1: no. Know, so go you got it. You got, you got to, you got to live life. And, you know, back to the, the failure part, I mean, my, I I, I checked into detox, I want to say seven or eight times. I mean, it was, a, it, it did not take on the first or the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth time. It probably not. It was probably like the seventh, seventh time I tried to do it. That it works. You know, I just, the, the only, the only variable there is I just didn't give up. I mean, I know people yeah. who haven't given up for 10 years and they finally get it. Yep. yep. So. Don't give up, you know. Love it.
0: Uh, where can folks find the book?
1: Uh, you could go to, um, I have a, a website, undercoverangelbook.com, and you could order it off Amazon there. If you want to email me at uh, undercoverangelauthor at gmail.com, you could contact me directly and I could try to ship it out personally. Um, it's a little more time intensive, but it's, uh, Amazon definitely. Amazon definitely. They make it convenient, but they also get you. So I'm doing a combination of Amazon and then personal order. So you could, if, if you email me and I don't get back to you, then just go ahead and get it off Amazon. But I'll do yes. my best.
0: And, and we'll be sure to put those links in the show notes. One one thing I missed here, I was just looking down here. I I forgot you have a podcast also, right? The Course in Miracles podcast.
1: Yeah, I'm a I'm a, like a, for lack of a better word, like minister of. The Course in Miracles. It's like a spiritual thought system um, that uh, I don't know if you've heard of Miriam Williamson. She's also a yeah. she's also a course minister. Um, she's associated with uh, Course in Miracles. So wow. her book's Return to Love. It's a it's a simplification of Course in Miracles. So I'm reiterating the um, the 125 daily uh, 100, 365 daily lessons. I do one podcast every day, one episode every day. So I'm just reading the lesson. There's three hundred and sixty five daily lessons in the course. And then I'm yeah. reading each lesson and giving a little anecdotal story of how it's working in my life. So that's one of the that's a the one of the backbones of my spirituality is the course in miracles.
0: That's great. So it's 365 podcasts in 365 days. So somebody technically could use it as a daily, daily reflection or a daily um kind of spiritual connection or listen however whatever title you want to put on it but it's something that they could kind of lock into and and hear a little bit daily to help stay connected
1: yeah for sure so i mean you take the 10 15 minutes to listen to it in the morning and in theory if you take 10 or 15 minutes to connect with you know spirit god whatever in in the morning then he she it is in charge of your thinking for the the rest of the day so you know this morning devotional stuff is very powerful and whatever you need to Put in whatever sort of system or even religion, I'm not a religionist, but yeah. anything that can, can connect you to something greater to sort of help guide you. I mean, your life's going to get better. So that's kind of, that's yeah. what that podcast is all about.
0: Do you, do you have a, um, like a, a, a pretty solid morning routine that you would share a, a little bit of?
1: Yeah, I mean I if if I'm being a good if I'm being a good yogi, I'll get up at four, take a cold shower and do an hour, hour and fifteen right. minutes of kundalini yoga before dawn. Yeah. And I have gone through long stretches. Yeah. You want to sure supercharge your life, do that. Do that yeah. every day and watch what happens. Wow. Um, but for the less, I'm I'm not in that discipline right now. So yeah, I just I just honestly I found this YouTube channel. It's called Ave Maria, and it's just all these Christian prayers. It's all this Jesus stuff, it's all Jesus. Yeah. all angels all holy spirit whatever and i just put it on in the background while i'm like cleaning or something and it just i just i just have better days that's all yeah. i'm saying you know well, youtube it's on youtube google like spirituality youtube and start messing around
0: yeah, I'll check and it
1: you, yeah so uh, whatever whatever you need to do you know to connect
0: I love, um, you said, you said you're not a a religious dude. And it's funny, man, because like, I love Jesus, dude. I, I follow Jesus, but I'm, I'm not a religious guy either. Like I'm, I, I feel like there's so many people who have had bad experiences, um, maybe as kids, maybe in the church, maybe even as adults, um, with religion. And to me, religion is about more about, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, it's Well, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I didn't want to say control, but it's just, it's ritualistic. That's the word I was looking for versus a relationship with something higher, a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus. And I just, I, I always try to talk about that a little bit because I want people to know that there is a huge, a huge difference in that, man. There's a huge difference. Like you can connect to something spiritually, personally, you don't need a priest or a pastor to tell you that you can do that or allow you to do that. We have the power within us to connect and do that on its own. So I don't mean to get on the soapbox or whatever, but I just, I love that you pointed that out too about the religion part.
1: No, I mean, I agree. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, the, the energy of Jesus, his everything has been sort of presenting itself into my life recently. And who am I to shove it away? Yeah. You no, know, and and it's this—it's the spiritual personal relationship. It has nothing to do with needing to do a bunch of things that people say I need to do in order to have him love me. Oh, I just don't yeah. think that's how it works. Yeah, um, and it's not to discredit it all either. No. You know, but, but um, but yeah, I'm just I find that the—I mean—at the end of the day, this whole addiction thing—it was in me forming a personal relationship with a higher power of my understanding that has provided, you know, long-term sobriety, you know, 16, going on 17 years. Um, that's, that's, um, it's because of conscious contact with a higher power that I choose to call God. It's very simple. It's one word, three letters, one syllable.
0: Yeah. Good stuff, man. I I really enjoyed this chat today. It was great to meet you, man. Anything uh, before we wrap up, uh, for anyone listening who's struggling or, uh, they just don't know what to do. Any, any tips or advice you might have for them?
1: I mean, I, if i mean if i can if i can do it anybody can do it it's the the power of the decision alone praying to something blindly you don't believe in will get you somewhere um and i mean my my story i've been as far down as a human being could go without dying or ending up in prison for life yeah. and and i have a life beyond my wildest dreams so don't give up you know don't give up um, reach out. The resources are readily available. Um, and they're relative are they're inexpensive. If you subscribe to the the way I do it. It's free technically. So, yeah. um, the, the people that want to help you are out there. You just got to find them and become willing. So don't yeah. give up. You can, you can do this. I believe in you.
0: Oh, I love it, man. Thank you. If folks want to reach out to you, where's the best place to do that? One more time. Uh, you
1: can find me on Facebook. You can follow me, uh, Dave underscore keenest underscore author on Instagram. Uh, you could, email me at undercoverangelauthor uh, at gmail.com. And that's about it.
0: Awesome, man. We'll put all those links in the show notes. Thanks again for some, uh, for coming on the podcast today, Dave, man. Thank great. you so much for
1: having me. It's really, really, really an honor. I appreciate you.
0: Thanks. I hope some spoke to you today. You can share the podcast with a friend. I would love if you did that. Uh, connect us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. Peace, love and respect. Keep your blood clean.